Happy holiday season, magic makers. Kelsey Foremost here, your host of Find Your Magic, the podcast where entrepreneurship and mental health meet. And I could not have a more appropriate guest today for that exact description where entrepreneurship and mental health meet. My guest today is Sadie Banks, and she is the owner and creator of a company called Good Grief Journals. And I'm going to get into her story in a second, but Sadie saw a topic that has touched literally all of us. This applies to absolutely everybody listening to this right now. Grief is going to touch your life at some point, whether it is your own grief, you experience a loss or a trauma, or just a really big life disappointment, that's grief too. But also, if you haven't yet experienced anything like that, you are going to have someone in your life who has or who does, and you are going to need to know or want to know how to show up for that person. And Sadie and I are going to cover both of those topics today. I wanted to do a, I told Sadie, this is like an emergency triage release. We turned this episode around really quick. Shout out to my producer, Haley, because a lot of people experience grief around the holidays, myself included. And I wanted to be sure that before y'all went home for the season, you had this extra source of support for yourself, but then also to send to people who may or may not ask you the dreaded question. Is there anything I can do? Listen, y'all just straight up. We (laughs) grieving people. The last thing we know you mean well, first of all, thank you. We know you're just trying to say that you love us and you want to do something for us. Um, But let me tell you, when you're in the thick of grief, the last thing you want to do is start asking people for favors, which is why Sadie and I actually cover 10 things that you can just do for people who are going through grief or trauma. And if you are going through grief or trauma, I am putting those 10 things in a blog post at kelseyforemost.com slash blog. The link is in the show notes. If somebody asks you, please let me know if there's anything I can do. Just, I want you to have that link. Just send them the link to that blog post and say, oh, thank you. That's so nice. I can't think of anything right now, but you know, here, here's a post I found particularly helpful. Thank you so much for offering takes the pressure and the responsibility off of you to come up with something for them to do for you and instead allows that person to show up for you with love. So please check out that blog post, but also we're going to talk about all 10 of those things in today's episode. Now for a little bit more about who Sadie is. So Sadie, as I said, is she's the owner and creator of a company called Good Grief Journals. And she started that company because In 2018, Sadie was in the trenches of her own really difficult, traumatic infertility journey, and she was looking for a guided outlet to help her through the emotions and the hard experiences that her infertility journey was bringing into her life. And she looked and she looked and she couldn't find what she was looking for. She would find like a quote here or a Bible verse there and like a blank journal or whatever, but she never really found anything that was like a guided prompt journal. And so she decided to make her own. So after interviewing over a hundred women who had experienced infertility or who were experiencing infertility, 
Sadie went on to create her first good grief prompt journal specifically for working through infertility trauma and grief. Shortly after she created the infertility journal, it was really clear to her that other guided journals for other types of grief were needed too. And her company, Good Grief Journals, was born in earnest. She's got journals for grief just in general. She's got one for anxiety, which I just ordered for myself, early little Christmas present. Super excited about that. She's got a journal for IVF, those experiencing miscarriage, pregnancy, and motherhood. You can see a full list of all of the journals that Sadie has at goodgriefjournals.com. Sadie also has her own podcast called the good grief podcast. And I really want to shout that out and support that because if you're going through grief, sometimes you just really feel like you're totally alone and listening to somebody else talk about an experience that is very similar to yours is extremely comforting. So if you need that, please go listen to Sadie, have that resource. But for now, please welcome her to this podcast, this amazing episode of Find Your Magic. We're going to be prepping ourselves for the holidays with scripts for talking to, oh, I don't know, Aunt Mildred, your in-laws, your nosy friend from high school. We're going to give you some exit strategies for leaving holiday functions if they get uncomfortable, especially if you're like in the thick of going through grief or a pregnancy journey or a breakup journey, whatever that might be. Um, We're giving you ideas for boundaries that you can set. And we're also touching on creating your own holiday magic, even if your home looks different than perhaps what you had hoped this holiday. So thank you so much for tuning into this very special episode of find your magic. Welcome my friend, Sadie Banks of good grief journals. Sadie, thank you so freaking much for being here <laughs> to talk about a super fun topic. Yeah. Grief. <laughs> Guys, to just, yes. Take a big, deep breath and have a good belly laugh because I think, and tell me if you agree with this, Sadie, one of the most, uh, liberating things was being a, like reaching a point where I could actually laugh about grief. Yes. Um, yeah. We're like, you're not just numb. Yes. To every- and yeah. whatever stage you're in. Great. Welcome. <laughs> welcome here. We've you're welcome here. And if I've learned anything in my 10 year journey since losing my dad, it is that there is no such thing as the like step-by-step grief a process mm-hmm. that you're sort of told about through media or whatever, that yeah. is a fantasy <laughs> is not true. Um, mm-hmm. grief has no timeline. You don't know when it's going to hit you or how it's going to hit you. Um, so whatever stage you're in at any given moment, embrace it. We love you. We're here to talk about it. And speaking of talking about it, sometimes you know, you can hear that and it's all well and good, but you don't really know how to talk about it or what to say. And that's why I love what you're doing, Sadie, with these journals so much. Can you just tell a little bit about how you decided to create the good grief journals and what maybe some, like some prompts that our listeners might be able to go home with and just think about for themselves? 
Yeah, totally. So Good Grief Journals started back in 2018. Um, my husband and I were going through infertility and I was really struggling because my whole life, like I just had this plan set out, like you're supposed to graduate high school, then you go to college, then you get married, then you have children and like, and then you be a stay at home mom. And that's like what you do. Like that was, that was my plan. And that was my life. Like that was what I, I was like, okay. The Pinterest board dream. So many yeah, of us exactly. have, have had. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, okay, great. Well, when we got married, we, I mean, I was happy. We were happy. We were doing great. And then I was like, all right, time to have babies so that I can check off that next thing, you know, start being a mom. <laughs> and it was not working and it didn't work for a long time. And I, I am a pretty religious person. I come from a very strong Christian background and the church that I attend is very family focused and very family centered. And it just seems like everywhere I was turning was based on, you know, motherhood is your greatest calling. And like, motherhood is like what your worth is based on. And like, I just took the deepest breath. (laughs) Yeah. So that that messaging is tough. Being said, like exactly, but like, that's what I was hearing. Of course. And so my, like, I had no sense of worth or purpose because I was like, well, I can't like, it's not for a lack of trying. Like we are trying, we are trying so hard and like, and it just wasn't working. And I spiraled down into this really deep, deep, dark place. And I was like, I cannot do this. Like I can't, I can't do this anymore. And so, um, there's actually another journal company out there that I really like. I think they're great. They're a guided journal company as well. And I was like, I'm going to email them and ask them to create an infertility journal. So I did Mm. and nothing came of it. And I was like, "Mm, okay. And then like a year later, I was like, still struggling, still, you know, going about life in this dark pit. And I was like, I really, I need something. And then, um, so my husband and I, my husband's name is Parker. He and I had bought a puppy and we had our puppy for about 11 months. And then he, um, got hit by a car and, and passed oh my away. God, and it, Sadie, <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. Like my gosh. Because the puppy filled that void of like somebody that loved me back, gave me something to nurture and care for. And it, destroyed me like I was in this I I just sobbed for days and after he passed away I was like I I can't do what I'm doing anymore like I have to do something and so I was like you know what if they're not going to create a journal I will I'm going to create a journal for infertility good for you because I need something to do I need I need these thoughts out of my head and I I need a guide like I don't even know where to start Yes. I think that's so powerful. I want to pause there for one second of when you're in that place, just knowing that it needs to come out of your body. It needs to come out of your head and writing is something that you can do immediately to get those Mm -hmm. feelings out of you, put your, your insides outside so that they're not festering in you anymore. Yeah. And they're not bearing down on your shoulders. Like it literally was like this weight that I was carrying around. 
So I ended up polling like over a hundred women who had been through infertility or who were currently going through infertility. And I just asked them like, what has helped you? What didn't help? Like, what were your, like, what scriptures, what quotes, what songs, like, what, what do you do when you're having a really hard time? And I ended up coming up with like, I'm pretty sure the infertility journal has like over a hundred prompts in it. And, um, so I messaged my graphic designer friend and I was like, Hey, I need you to format this and make it into a journal. Like amazing. Here's my idea. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but Oh my gosh. I love this so much. I also have to pause here because that is so valuable, Sadie. Knowing like not letting that stop you from creating the thing. That's huge. Mm -hmm. That is such a win. And if anybody listening to this gets anything from this conversation, I want you to hear that. Yes. She had the prompts. She had done the homework, but she had no idea how to turn it into the thing she was envisioning. So she asked for help and it happened. It's this miracle that happens when you ask for help, especially with other people's zone of geniuses. And yes, and that is no small potatoes because so many good ideas die because so many of us, especially women, think we have to execute every step of the process. And if we don't know how to execute every step of the process, then we have imposter syndrome. And then who are we to be creating this business or starting these journals or this podcast or this whatever? Yeah. It's so valuable. (laughs) It's so valuable. Ask your friends. They, They want to help you. And so, yeah, so she was like, yeah, sure. I'll totally format it, like get it all. So I, cause I had like a, a rough outline of what I wanted it to look like. And I drew her these really horrible pictures and she, to this horrible day, pictures says, are great. Shitty yeah, first drafts are great. great. <laughs> they're, they're not that bad. And I'm like, I've seen them. I know that they're bad. I cannot draw. <laughs> um, but so she was able to do that. And then within a month of me doing that poll with all of those women, I had a journal in my hands. And so I started using it and I was astonished because I, for the like year previous, I had been using my phone notes as like a journaling place and that was fine. But I was just like absolutely astonished in the difference of how I felt when it was on paper that I mm. wasn't carrying around physically mm-hmm. to being on my phone. Because it like even being on my phone, it was still with me and like still something that I physically carried. And so like having a journal and a place that like I could close the book and put it away and be done was I love that. And so yeah, that's where the journal, that's where Good Grief started was with the infertility journal. And shortly after I made mine, I took pre-orders because I was like, Hey guys, I made this thing. It's really good. You should buy it. Yeah. <laughs> you should buy it. It's yes. really good. Yes. And Stand by that. And so, yeah, that's how it started. And then after that, we got a lot of requests for like a miscarriage journal. Cause I had a lot of friends who had experienced miscarriage and I was like, Ooh, I've never experienced that. I don't know if I can make that, but uh, I'll try. And I did the same thing, pulled a bunch of women and got a bunch of prompts and things like that. And we have a, I don't even know what her official title is, but she works with people who have been through like serious trauma mm. and she reads over all of our prompts before they 
get put into journals and make sure that they're not triggering or yeah, like a sensitivity to- reader. Sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that everything gets funneled through her and then we send it to our graphic designer and we make them. I love that. Hey, magic makers. I could not be more thrilled that one of my favorite companies in the world has generously decided to sponsor this podcast. And that company is Kajabi. If you're an online course creator, or you've ever thought about creating an online course, chances are you've probably heard of them because they're the number one, most trusted knowledge commerce platform. But what I really would love to tell you guys is how much Kajabi really helped my entire business. Um, And I'm just a fan of them. So I'm so thrilled to be able to share more about all the different products that they have under the Kajabi umbrella. I personally got rid of like five or six other platforms that I was paying for because Kajabi actually replaced those platforms and enabled me to have everything in one seamless place. So I've got my online courses on Kajabi. I've got my templates. I've got my podcast hosted on Kajabi. I use them for all of my email marketing, basically Anything that I need for my business is completely taken care of on Kajabi. And right now they're offering a free 30 day trial, which is so great. It's more than enough time to really understand how the platform works, if it's right for you. And you can go to kelseyformost.com slash Kajabi to learn all about the platform. I've really laid it out in super simple terms for you guys. So you can learn all about why I am a fan for life of Kajabi. That's K-A-J-A-B-I. Another thing that you guys should know is it's not just about pregnancy. There's uh, Sadie has expanded into a few really, really necessary areas Um, She does have the infertility and the miscarriage journal, but she also has an IVF journal, which I think is different than, than infertility. And anybody who's tried to go through either can tell you they are different journeys. Um, She also has one for pregnancy and for motherhood. And then she also, if the, if you're not in that stage of life right now, She also has two journals that I find really interesting. One is just about grief in general, and one is about anxiety. And when I was reading all of your different journals, I was like, Ooh, I think I need to get myself the anxiety journal as a stocking stuffer. The anxiety journal is like chef's kiss. So good. (laughs) Like I, if, if you have anxiety about anything, the anxiety journal is for you because it's, it's all about growing your confidence and building up who you are and like remembering who you are, not just, you know, knowing your triggers, which is a huge part of anxiety, I think. Yeah. And and that's definitely in there, but it's all about like becoming better through Mm -hmm. your anxiety. Speaking of triggers, 
let's talk about the holidays, shall we? (laughs) So Sadie is, can we call you a grief expert? I love that. I mean, you, you, you've heard from, yeah, you've heard from so many women about different types of grief, different stages of grief, different experiences of grief. I have my own and I've spoken with a lot of people about it. Um, and it's a, it's a club, let's say, uh, if you've experienced significant grief in your life, I think that you are part of a club of people who understand, um, deeper than most, uh, that there are certain things that make life easier when you're going through it. Um, and there are certain things that might be well-meaning, but that can actually be quite triggering and traumatic. And so I asked Sadie, you know, I was actually a guest on Sadie's podcast, my episode of her podcast, Good Grief is not out yet, but I asked her to come on to find your magic to talk about this and do like an emergency triage episode of find your magic in time for the holidays, because I want to talk about two things. One, prepping yourself for the holidays. Um, if you are going through some sort of infertility or IVF, uh, or pregnancy journey. Um, also if you are going through a grief journey or an anxiety spiral, we're going to talk right now about tried and true ways that you can prepare yourself for holiday gatherings because goodness knows aunt Mildred is going to ask you. So why don't you have kids yet? It's going to happen. We're going to prepare for that. And then the other part of the conversation is for those of you who maybe haven't experienced grief yet yourself, but who want a tried and true way to support someone in your life who is either currently going through grief or has gone through grief recently or in the last few years, and you want to show up for them, you want to do something more than just say, Hey, let me know if there's anything I can do, which anybody who's in the grief club can tell you is kind of the worst. Like just, just please don't sit. It's not great. (laughs) So yeah. So we're going to go over prepping yourself for the holidays first. So Sadie, tell us some of the tried and true ways that our listeners can prepare themselves, arm themselves going into these holiday gatherings. Yeah. So I have three things that I do every year. Like, even though right now I am living literally my dream life, like I am in a really good place mentally, but I still do this every year because like Kelsey's Kelsey said at the beginning, the grief changes and it it hits you at at any time. Your triggers are going to hit you and you're just going to be like, wow, this sucks. So I prep myself for this every year. And so what I do is I have scripts that I write for myself. I make exit strategies and I set solid boundaries. Um, so those, th- we'll talk about those three things in detail, but just as a quick overview, scripts, exit strategies, boundaries. I'm so excited about this. Let's talk about scripts. Okay. <laughs> because as so, a former actress, I love scripts. I love knowing yeah. what I'm going to say beforehand. It's very comforting actually. Well, and it takes away a lot of, the discomfort of like not knowing what to say Mm -hmm. or like 
being caught off guard because you've kind of already prepped yourself, even though, you know, I feel like a lot of the times you're not going to get asked the questions that you're prepared for, but being prepared for those things makes when it does happen so much better because then oh my you gosh, say, I, it's, it's, I don't really want to talk about that. Totally. Well, and it's also very clarifying, right? Mm -hmm. Like for yourself, I think that writing a script for yourself is actually an excellent way to have your own back. It's a way that you can sort of let your inner child or your inner self know, um, Hey, I'm not going to abandon you in that moment. I'm not just going to gloss over that and pretend like it doesn't hurt. Or I, acknowledge that if this comes up, it's going to be hard for you. So I'm going to protect you by doing this. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think scripts and exit strategies kind of go together because sometimes there are questions that you're like, I just don't even want to respond to that. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even want to give you anything. I don't want to tell you, talk to you about any of this. And like, I know for me, when I was going like in the depths of infertility, I didn't know how to say, like, I don't want to talk about that with you. Like, especially to family members or like close friends, because then they feel like they're like, well, we're family and we're friends. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to like be a part of your life. And you're right. like, yeah, I still don't want to talk about it. Like, yeah. And it's so hard if you are kind of in the people pleaser camp, right. To mm-hmm. not make excuses and just answer anyway, even if you're uncomfortable. Yep. Oh, that's such a yeah. tough. Yeah. So that's where an exit strategy comes into play. My big one was like, oh, hang on one second. I got to go to the bathroom. And then I would leave and not come back. Like, Love it. Love it. Like, I, I think sometimes we think that that's like a cop out or like trying to like avoid things. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. But and that's okay. It's not their business. They don't need to know. So it's okay. You don't owe them an explanation of why you don't want to talk to them about totally. it. Yeah. And you don't like you don't owe them anything to be honest like you don't mm. owe them any sort of answers to questions that they're asking and i think sometimes we feel like we do owe people information so really tell don't. me so before we leave scripts entirely yeah. can you give me a couple examples of some things that people can say to questions yes. that might come up yes so i mean let's talk about the questions that come up you know are you dating anyone Why aren't you dating anyone? Or when are you guys going to have kids? One of my, when are you getting engaged? Yeah. When are you, when are you getting engaged? When are you getting married? One of my favorites is, I don't know. And I don't really want to talk about that right now. (laughs) And that's it. Like, that's it. Just again, you don't owe them any sort of explanation. Also, if that makes you, if that makes you like have hives to think about saying that, might I suggest having a follow-up question that changes the subject completely? Mm-hmm. Yes. I totally. love that move. Yes. Also a great move that goes with the follow-up question, ask them about themselves. Yes. People love talking about themselves, especially like the nosy, the nosy mates <laughs> in the family. They will talk about themselves for hours. So if you're like, I don't really want to talk about that. How's, how's work or, you know, whatever they're going to, they're going to talk about it. They will take that and run with it. Absolutely. And then you just keep asking them questions about themselves and they'll forget that they even asked you. Yeah. So (laughs) there's that. Um, another one of my favorite, like 
things to to say. I mean, this, I don't know if this is like snarky. It, it probably <laughs> That's okay. It's we like snarky. Is kind of to kind of make a joke out of it. Um, something I always laugh because this is like one of my favorite responses that Parker ever said to somebody and they never asked us another question ever again about right. when we're having babies. They were like, so when are you guys going to have kids? And he literally dead, like straight up said, oh, we still practice abstinence. Oh my And God. they were like, what? And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but, oh my gosh. It, it just kind of flipped the uncomfortableness mm. on them and let them know that like that's a pretty uncomfortable question and like that's a pretty personal question do you dream about people coming to your website and telling you I cannot wait to work with you. I've been looking for this forever. I feel like I already know you. Can I please pay you to help me? Or maybe you just want to feel more confident when you sit down to write something for your business, knowing your words aren't just evaporating into the ether of the internet, but instead are connecting with your ideal customers. Look, after years as a freelance copywriter, I can very confidently tell you that no matter what business you're in, great copy turns words on the page into dollars in the bank, just like magic, which is why I want to make sure you know that my signature course copy class is currently open for enrollment. Now, here's the thing. You can hire a professional copywriter. But honestly, that could cost you thousands and it just doesn't make sense to hire someone every freaking time you need to write something for your business, which is why I specifically designed copy class for non-writers, entrepreneurs who want to learn to write their own high converting copy without breaking the bank or spending hours staring at the blinking cursor of death. Copy class covers everything you need to know from the psychology behind why certain writing works to honing in on your actual ideal customer, AKA people who are truly going to give you their monies to how to write a website that converts start to finish. And finally, how to send emails that convert and sell. So if you want to learn more about copy class, see what's inside and hear from past students, head to kelseyformost.com slash copy class. That's kelseyformost.com slash C-O-P-Y-C-L-A-S-S. Do you know one time, one time uh, I, so I got this from Britney Spears, fun fact. So there was this interview that I remember seeing when I was in high school, I think. Britney Spears was being interviewed by this panel and her virginity was for some reason, like public domain. People were asking her if she was a virgin. She was with Justin yeah. Timberlake at the time. It was a whole thing. And people were just freaking asking her, are you a virgin? Are you a virgin? Like all the time. And yeah. she just smiled, looked them dead in the eye and said, that's a very personal question. Yeah. And that's it. And it that's made it. them feel super uncomfortable. And one time I was in CVS and I was buying a pregnancy test and the person behind the counter goes, are you hoping you are, or you aren't? 
And I just remembered Britney Spears in that moment. And I looked at her and I smiled and I said, that's a very personal question. Yeah. (laughs) And she rung me up and that was that. (laughs) And I left. Yes. But that's like, I think sometimes people forget that those types of things are very personal. They're very personal. (laughs) You're asking like, especially like when it comes to like infertility problems, I'm like, you're asking me about my sex life. Mm -hmm. And I don't really want to talk with you about that, Uncle Uncle Bob. Like, sorry. (laughs) I'm picturing the drunk uncle character from SNL right now. Yes. And you're like, I don't, I don't want to talk to you about that. Ew, no. Uh, So yeah, making them feel a little bit uncomfortable and like letting them know that like too personal, don't want to talk about it. Totally. Also, another one that I really love is gosh. You know, I don't have an answer for that. And then yeah. changing the subject. Like yep. there are different levels depending on your comfort level with the person, depending on whether or not you're related to them. Um, there are lots of things that you can say, just one-liners and just practice them over and over. Put them in a note in your phone, by the way. That's another great tip. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you need to excuse yourself to the bathroom and remind yourself. Uh, what your answer is going to be. It's right there. Run over um, that list before you go in. Yeah. Look at the list before you go in, go over it in the car. Also, if your um, answer involves a spouse or a partner, let them know that you're doing this. Um, I think that's really helpful. Cause uh, I remember one time being at a Christmas party and someone asked the dreaded. So when are you guys going to get married? And we were going not through a great time. And, uh, we hadn't really discussed beforehand what that was, that conversation was going to look like. And he like deferred it to me and it was super uncomfortable. So I highly recommend if you are entering one of these situations with a partner, let them know that you are anticipating these questions and you're going to shut them down. Mm -hmm. I think also with that, um, allowing your partner to kind of be the person that you throw under the bus. Yeah. And like for me, it was like, that's pretty personal. And, and Parker and I just have decided we don't want to talk about that right now. Oh, I like that. Because that's it, not throwing it, I, him under the bus at all. Like we've decided that's no. actually yeah. lovely partnership. Yeah. It, it's great. It's, but it's kind of like when, you know, your mom, when you were a teenager was like, if you don't want to go, just tell them that like, I said, no. Like, yes, let mom be the bad guy for for me and Parker. He was like, I'll be the bad guy. I don't care. So I would say Parker and I have decided like Parker doesn't really want me talking about that. And yeah, that was it. And like, I don't know if people were like, that's a weird relationship that you have, but like, it was really good for me to, to (laughs) to not be the one that was offend quote unquote offending people because I wasn't answering their questions. So totally. So, okay. So we talked about scripts. You mentioned exit strategies, one being like literally going to the bathroom and just Irish goodbye, Mm -hmm. which I I think is hilarious. Um, another exit strategy that I have used personally is, uh, my dog being sick. If you have a dog and like have just, you know, I can only be there for this amount of time. My dog is sick so that they know you're leaving early. Um, Mm -hmm. Something you mentioned also at the beginning of this section is you said boundaries beforehand. So tell me a little bit more about that. So one thing that 
I find really helpful and beneficial is sending text messages and saying, hey, we're coming, but we're going to be leaving at seven. Like we have a few things, like even if we don't, we don't have anything. I always say we have some things that we have to do later tonight. Um, and so we'll be leaving at seven, but we are excited to see everyone just letting everybody know that you're still coming, but they're not going to be thrown off guard when you're like, Hey, we're leaving. See ya. Dude. Um, I love that just as an introvert, like (laughs) it doesn't have to be about grief or anxiety or anything. I just like want to be in bed by eight (laughs) 30. Exactly. Like I have other things I need to do. I'm excited to come to this family function, but I don't want to be there until midnight. Yes. Also, if you are staying with family and you cannot physically leave the house, um, some exit strategies there. Do you have any tips for that? Cause that's tough. That is tough. It's a really tough position to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few things that you can do. Um, so I also just say, you know, I have, I have a few things that I need to do and I would leave and go to like the grocery store, even mm. if you don't need to buy anything, wander, wander for a little bit. Run, I need to run an errand. I love that. Um, something else, even if you're, so this year we're, we are with Parker's family for Christmas and we had decided that we wanted to do Christmas morning with our, just our little family. We have a little girl. She'll be two, she'll be two at the end of December. And Yay. we're like, this is just like that happy, magical time. Like we just want this moment for ourselves. And we had decided that we were going to do Christmas morning by ourselves and then go to family gathering. Well, then we went to Sunday dinner. Literally, we had decided this on Sunday, that night, Sunday dinner, my mother-in-law and sister-in-law were like, Hey, we're going to be going to the family cabin for Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. And we would like everyone to come. And I was like, Oh, Oh no. Like, I can't be that like in-law. That's like, yeah, we're not coming. Yeah. That's tough. And so it was one of those things, but Parker and I had talked about it and Parker I was so grateful for this because he was like, we love that we're coming, but we're leaving at night. We're going to leave Christmas Eve night and then we'll come back after Christmas morning and we'll come back. I love that. I love that. So I think setting that boundary for yourself, if you can, I mean, even if you're like, Hey, we're going to get a hotel and we're going to leave for the night, we'll come back in the morning. It gives you that space and that time to decompress and, and do the things that you want to do as well as still be a part of the family functions and the family gatherings. But you just have to set that boundary and say, Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're still coming, but we're also going to go home. Yeah. We're still coming. I love that a lot. Um, I, uh, one that I've used and then we're going to move on. Um, when I've been in a different city, like I can't go home and come back, um, Mm -hmm. is signing up for a quote yoga class end quote. No yes. one's going to ask me about oh, this yoga yeah. class. I'll just put on my athleisure and go for a drive. It, exactly. It's a fantastic it's hack. Same idea of going to the grocery store. Just yep. Ske- quote unquote, have something, something that exactly schedule something um, or actually go, actually go yeah. to a yoga class or actually yeah, go yeah, to the grocery store. I yeah, would, but yeah, <laughs> sometimes a target run is just to be in the, in the aura of target, you know? Yep. Just to, just to decompress. <laughs> it's okay. 
it's okay to decompress. Also, this actually is a really great segue to go into my list of what people can do to support people in their lives who may be going through a tough time. The very first thing on my list is to invite people to your holiday functions. Even if someone doesn't want to come, Yes, I cannot tell you how nice it feels to still be invited. Um, that is something that is sort of for both sides. If you are going through a tough time this holiday season, I encourage you to still try to go to a friend's giving or a family function, even if it's for half an hour, it just gets you out of the house and it really does break up the day. It's going to feel weird, but I do encourage you to give it a shot. Um, and everyone's going to understand if you leave like immediately. Yes. And on the flip Uh. side of that, I highly, highly encourage people. If you know, someone is going through a hard time, please invite them to your Thanksgiving dinner so that they don't have to have that awful Thanksgiving with the head of the table seat empty for the first time. It just sucks. It sucks. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think, um, so I have a few, like two little things for friends of those who are grieving. Um, the first one is be willing to give them an out, like help them be their, that exit, that exit strategy. Um, if you're like, Hey, I need help running an errand. Do you want to come with me? Especially if they're stuck, if they can't leave, that's a great way. Um, because I just know, like, sometimes they're going to say no. Sometimes your friend is going to be like, yeah, I'm okay. I don't want to go. But sometimes it's like, yes, please. Thank you. Like, get me out of here. Completely. Oh my gosh. So that is one help be an exit strategy. If, especially if you know, somebody is having a hard time. Also, yes. it's a great exit strategy for like the conversation. If you see somebody like having an off, you know, that face that like yeah. people are uncomfortable. I don't want to be talking about this. I don't want to do this. Step in sweet, sweep on in and say, Hey, let's talk like, and just like start a different conversation. Yeah. Ask like wondering, can you help me with something in the kitchen real quick? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Even if you're like not doing anything in the kitchen, just kind of be that friend that everyone wants to yes. have, yes. have somebody. And then, um, this is kind of unique, but, um, for infertility people, warriors, people going through infertility, trying to have babies, pregnancy announcements happen a lot Mm. um, at family functions, at holidays. Like that is, it just, it's, I mean, I get it. It's a really good time because everybody's all around. And so it's just a really easy way to announce to everyone that you are having a baby, but that can cause a lot of not like hard feelings, but like, because one disclaimer that I have to make is that like people going through infertility are not mad that you're pregnant. They're sad that they're not. Yeah. And so my biggest thing that I always tell people of like, when they're like, how do I tell my sister who's going through infertility that I'm having a baby? Like, I feel so bad. My biggest thing is text them beforehand and say, not like way beforehand, like literally the day before say, Hey, I just want you to know, we're going to be announcing our pregnancy. I don't expect you to respond to this. You can respond. Like if you want to, you can, but you don't have to. 
and just letting them know like, hey, we're going to be doing it at this time just so that you can be prepared. You can step away if you need to. Um, because I've had siblings and like in-laws that have done that for us. And it has been so helpful because I was able to prepare myself mm. and also like I knew when it was coming. So it was like, okay, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Because the other thing that happens is once the announcement is made and people know that you're trying to, to have babies, all the eyes shift to you. Yeah. Of like, how are you responding to this? And you're like, so happy for you and then you just go um but that like that has been really helpful for me and I know it's been helpful for a lot of people to have that that text message just the day before just as a heads up and that's it like no response required anything like that so that is something that I always recommend to people who are announcing pregnancies when they know somebody's going through fertility or trying to conceive yeah (laughs) I have so many thoughts about this. I also want to say that something I had to do for myself was limit social media consumption for that exact reason. Um, had a really hard time with even family photos. It's just, it, it's just tough. Social media can be a wonderful way to stay connected and see, entertaining content. One strategy that I love for this, and someone told me about this, that it was like so genius was they were like, if there's somebody that you know that you don't want to see their content, uh, around the holidays, like if you know, someone's probably getting engaged or what have you, um, you can mute them for a couple of months. I love doing this muting exes on Instagram. Great thing to do really limits that, uh, <laughs> that backslide. Well, it's nice because it gives you, it doesn't tell them that you've muted them. Correct. And it doesn't follow them. And so it gives you that distance without mm-hmm. yep. awkward, like, why don't you want to follow me? Exactly. Exactly. So. Okay. So let's now shift into this list. I wrote this list of ways that people can support Support their friends who are going through grief. Um, if you are going through grief, I'm going to publish this list on Instagram. Please share this list. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to tag Sadie in it. It's an easy way for if someone asks you the dreaded question, tell me if there's anything I can do. I'm literally going to write this up so that you can just send it to them. It'll be on Instagram. I think I'll also put it on my blog. Um, Yes. It needs a like permanent place on the permanent place on the internet. Yeah. So the blog at kelseyformost.com slash blog, uh, and it'll have some sort of title about supporting friends, um, who are going through a time of grief. And this is beyond the holidays, by the way, this is just for anything, for anything. Yes. And this can be like anything from infertility to a death in the family to a really bad breakup. Uh, goodness knows I could have used a lot of this when I went through my big breakup at the beginning of this year, but people don't treat breakups like grief, even though they are very much. They are. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They cause a lot of trauma. They cause so trauma. much trauma. I hope that's so, your next journal. <laughs> oh, the breakup journal. Good one. I Wouldn't like that it. be a good one. Write it down, yeah, girl. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here are some ideas for y'all. 
who are going to support your friends who are grieving. We already mentioned this, but number one is inviting them to holiday functions. This is year round. This isn't just Christmas, Hanukkah, Thanksgiving. This is also um, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Easter. Fourth of July parties. Fourth of July barbecues, like beach hang, all that stuff. Invite people to join you, even if they're going through a hard time. Please never be the person who's like, oh, I'm not going to invite Kelsey because I know she's going through a hard time right now. I'll probably say no, but the act of inviting me is huge. Please invite people and include them in your social functions. Well, and I would also say keep inviting them. Yes. Because I think a lot of times we think like, oh, they just don't want to hang out with me or they don't want to come. So I'm not going to invite them anymore. Like I've invited them four times and they, they say no every time. Yes. But the invitation means more than you realize. Yeah. So literally it could be years later, years later. I remember very distinctly, there was this one friend of mine from middle school who wasn't even that great of a friend of mine. And they were the only person who asked like within the first few months of my dad passing, if I'd like to go out and get lunch or something, I think everybody was treating me with kid gloves and like, didn't know what to do with me. Mm-hmm. And the act yeah. of this one person just being like, Hey, do you want to go like hang out was yeah. so, I mean, obviously like, I'm talking about it 10 years later, it was so yeah. powerful. So yeah, please invite them to do things. And it was like months later, right. It's, it's so yeah. important. Uh, number two that I have on here is to just drop something off at their doorstep. This can be a meal. This can be a weighted blanket. This can be um, a journal. A journal. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> a journal. Um, a book that they can borrow, like whatever, just drop it off. Have no need for social interaction. Just put it at their yes. door tell them it's coming and leave. I have two products that I, they're not mine. Great. That I also really love. Tell me. So they're very similar products, but it's one is called bright boxes and the other one is called make a day. They're very similar in what they are, but they're just little gift boxes that you can send to a friend who's having a hard time or, you know, who's not having a hard time, Yeah. but they like in bright boxes, they come with like a a bath bomb, a face mask, a little candy bar. That's you can nice. leave self-care things. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, and make a day boxes have things like hers are seasonal. So they, they change, but, um, they're just really great. Cause you can leave a little note. You can just say, Hey, I'm thinking about you. I just want you to know that I love you. And you just mail it that like yeah. they'll mail it for you. You just order it online. And that's great. I love so that. Simple. And, um, actually when our puppy passed away, we got a few bright boxes and it was just like, Oh, people do care. Like it feels weird because like he, he's a dog. (laughs) No, it shouldn't feel weird. Our puppies are part of our family. Yeah. And like, but I had never experienced that before. Like I had dogs growing up, but they like, it's the same. It's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, the fact that people cared enough to, to send me something, just send, reach out and say, I'm so sorry. This is so hard. Like, yeah, I, I'm so sorry. That act of love, it, it gets remembered. It's totally. not something that just is like, Oh yeah. They sent me a, sent me a little something in the mail. Like, yeah, no, exactly. you remember it and you, 
are grateful for it. And, it really and so makes I think a difference. Yeah. I think not letting, I don't want to say imposter syndrome, but like our brains tell us that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like yeah. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Um, it also brings me to number three, which is like, I think the easiest possible thing that you can do, but actually one of the most helpful and both Sadie and I say, this is our go-to thing, which is a digital gift certificate to Uber Eats or Whole Foods or DoorDash or Mm -hmm. um, some sort of food delivery service, uh, Postmates, any of those kinds of things, because the number one thing that I remember feeling just so insurmountable was what are we going to make for dinner? Like Mm -hmm. when you're in the thick of grief, yeah, taking that off the table and just being like, oh, I've got 20 bucks to DoorDash. I'm just going to order from that Thai place down the street tonight. Like literally it's the most helpful thing. Another thing with that, I have a brother-in-law who his, his dad passed away when he was 12 and he was like, I hated when people brought us food because it just reminded me that my dad died. Mm. And so, um, like every night people were coming to bring them dinner, which like, it's a great service, but it was just this constant reminder. I've never thought con- of that that way. That's super like, interesting. Like here's this. Cause your dad died. Yeah. Like, and so he was like, I always give gift cards so that they can order it themselves. And, and, you know, maybe they're not going to eat that night. Maybe they're not hungry. Maybe like, because especially with grief, there are days that you don't eat and there are things that you like. And so when somebody drops off a meal, you're like, oh, I feel so bad. They worked so hard on this and I am not going to eat that. And so a gift card gives them that opportunity to order when they're ready and whatever they want. Oh, I love that. Speaking of things that none of us want to do, um, or not wanting to do it. I love this. This one's from Sadie's mom, which is to drop off paper goods. And yes, I know it's not environmentally friendly, but it is very grieving person friendly because the last thing that you want to do when you're grieving is do the dishes. I I love the environment and I I really do try to be environmentally conscious, but I also realize that like the dishes and those mundane tasks while you're grieving yeah can be too much yeah like and it's kind of like what you were saying you know when you're thinking about like oh what are we gonna have for dinner tonight like that that task feels so heavy and so insurmountable and so when you know like oh I don't have to do dishes because we have paper plates yeah and we can just toss them yes and like that is a it's a huge relief and a huge burden lifter Huge burden lifter, which brings me to the next one, which is laundry pickup and drop off. Um, text the person ahead of time, let them know what time you're coming, give them a couple days lead time and say, mm-hmm. okay, Hey, it's, you know, it's Tuesday on Friday after work, I'm going to swing by and pick up your laundry. I will do it and deliver it to you Sunday morning. And again, that like absence of needing to host you, like the no social interaction, like this is what I'm doing. I'm going to show up, but does this time work for you? Don't let them say like, oh no, you don't have to do that. Just be like, no, I'm, this is what I'm I'm doing. Yeah. I'm coming. I'm going to do Yeah. I'll be there. And if they're like crazy insistent that they don't need you to do their laundry, then say, okay, what other 
household task can I do or errand can I run? Can I mow your lawn? Can I get the leaf blower out? Can I trim the tree? Can I weed the garden? Some sort of like mundane household task, but I find laundry to be a really helpful one. It's just like an annoying, annoying chore (laughs) that if you can take that off of somebody's plate, huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of goes back to the dinners, uh, because I don't want to like make people feel bad for like being like, I'm going to bring dinner by. That's a great way to, to support someone. My one caveat with dinners is bring it in something they can throw away. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Not bring it in something that they need to clean and return to you. Yes. Um, even so this is not grief related. Um, when I had my first baby, we, our church was like, Hey, we're going to bring you some dinners. And like, we have this, these ladies set up to bring you dinners on these days. And I was like, okay, great. I had just had a baby. She had just come home from the NICU for, for an eight day stay. I was like, not in any shape or form to like, think about anything. Right. And, um, so we went to, we ended up going to dinner at my in-laws house and I got this call from this frantic frantic lovely woman she Mm. was like I'm here at your house I have dinner for you and I was like oh oh yeah that's a tough one (laughs) on the porch (laughs) and so she dropped but when we got home it was in all these containers that we and there was one that just said return these when you can and I was like I wish you hadn't brought me dinner oh yeah that's yeah little things like that Man, this is so, this is such a helpful conversation. And I think the other thing, if you are going to bring dinner or, you know, the laundry pickup, anything like that, the day of, like maybe even like 30 minutes before you drop by, 30 minutes. Yeah, give them a reminder. Like, hey, I'm coming. Yeah. This is, I'm going to just drop it off, like leave it on your porch. I'll be there and and I'll pick it up. Perfect. Because, like, with that lady, I had forgotten. Like I had agreed to her coming, but I had right. forgotten. Right. My mind right. was elsewhere. So and smart. Grief, your mind is elsewhere. Like so smart. You're not, not in the zone. So, so be that person sends lots of texts. <laughs> yes. So I only have you for a couple more minutes. I want to say one last one, which is themed for this time, which is to help people put up holiday lights. Um, I did that. I helped a family do that last year and it was such a great idea. I'd never heard of anybody doing that before. My dad was always the one to put up the holiday lights and we just have never done it since. And it would have been so cool for somebody to show up and be like, Hey, can I put up some holiday lights for you outside? That would have been really, really neat. Um, so that's my final idea. And then before we sign off, cause I only have like five more minutes, I want to give you the floor to talk about something that you mentioned before our call, which is creating your own holiday magic. Yes. So, um, I told Kelsey that there was this quote that I saw that was like, it turns out that holiday magic is like something that a mom who loved you very much made for you. And I think that that's true, but I also think that we can love ourselves enough to create magic for ourselves. And sometimes it involves doing things that we maybe don't want to do, but we know we should do. Or like, um, for example, one of my holiday magic things that I'm like 
highly anticipating this year is drinking hot chocolate while the snow falls. Hmm. Something, something so small, but um, I made a little bucket list for myself and for my family to do so that we can create some holiday magic because turns out you got to create your own magic. You can't like, it just doesn't happen on its own. And when you're grieving, sometimes you have to create your own magic. A lot of the times you create your own magic. I love that so much. Well, that is my thing. Um, I also like, so this is something that I did while we were going through infertility as well is I started a like Santa letter box for my nieces and nephews. And I just, I told them that if they wrote a letter to Santa and we put it in my box, that Santa would write back to them. And so they would write letters and then I got to write back to them as Santa. And I would send them a letter and like give their letter back to their parents or whatever. But like, it was just something that I could do that involved me in the Christmas and holiday magic because I didn't have anybody else to do that with. And so again, you just have to create your own magic and, and make it special. That's so beautiful. And I do want to mention before we sign off that Sadie is doing something really beautiful, which is called a baby for Christmas. And it is a fund that I'll let you explain it before we, before we sign off. So a baby for Christmas is a fundraiser that we do at good grief journals every year starting last year. So this is our second one, um, where we raise $10,000 to give somebody a shot at a baby for Christmas. So we basically, uh, we will pay medical bills on behalf of somebody who's going through infertility treatments or IVF or, um, people, couples who are seeking to adopt. I love that so much. That is so beautiful, Sadie. And so if you want to donate, you can find that link in the show notes below, but you can also learn more at Sadie's um, Instagram page at Good Grief Journals. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Sadie. This has been such a valuable conversation. And I know that um, if you're going through it right now, and you are in a place where you're grieving, whatever it might be, know that you are not alone. Your experience is not a burden to carry. Share it, uh, whether it's in a journal form, getting it out of your body. And when you feel ready, share it with the people who love you, who you trust. Share it with me. I would love to be one of those people. Please count me in your corner. I think that demystifying grief is one of the most important things that we can do in this life. So Sadie, thank you so much for your work in that field. You're, you're just absolutely amazing. And I'm so happy that the magic maker community can support you. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm so grateful that you had me on your podcast today. Awesome. All right. Take care everybody and happy holidays. Hey, Magic Maker. If you made it to the end of this episode, it means you're truly committed to inviting more magic into your life. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and follow Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to this stuff. Each review truly means so much to me. Thank you for being here. Now go out there and find your magic.